0: Hello, I'm Tracy Carlton Ward and this is Sweat, Grit and Hustle. So another episode of Sweat, Grit and Hustle and today I am joined by two brilliant people who have actually got a wonderful story to share because Todd and Emma have taken over a business um, and Emma's background is quite interesting. She is a mechanical engineer and her day job is a design engineer for a railway company, I believe. And that's an area you don't see many women in. So welcome, Emma Bayliss and Todd Smith. Hi, Tracy. Hello. Hi, guys. Um, so you we've known each other, what, probably over a year now, haven't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, and in the last couple of months, I've had the pleasure of working with them a lot closer Um, But I wanted you guys to hear their story because it is a great one. It's not very often you get a chance to hear nuggets and tips from people that have not that long ago got into a new business, but it's a business that they took over rather than started from scratch. So Todd, share with us what you do for your business and how you ended up getting involved. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, yeah, my dad started the, uh, the business started many years ago, about 34 years ago, and I um, started working for him from a young age, from about 12 years old, just to go down and sweep the factory floor. And um, <clears throat> yeah, um, basically, I worked with him up until I was about 23. Um, then I went on a bit of a hiatus for a while, did something else, uh, worked on the railway, and, um, and when my dad got um, a bit older, and he was like 70, it was when, it was when the lockdowns happened first of all and he, he was unable to get up the workshop and um, I was sat at home as well like everyone else. And um, I said I'd never touched fiberglass again, but then I ended up back down the unit because of course when everyone was sat at home, they were working on car projects and things that have been sidelined for for forever that the, 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 the halves are probably doing their heads in about. So people were all doing loads of fiberglass products. My dad couldn't go to the workshop, so I ended up going back down there, doing a bit of fiberglassing, and then he decided maybe he liked the retired life. So um, he offered me and Emma the opportunity to take over the business from where it was.
0: Brilliant. And I know um, you did electrical work on the railways, didn't you, for a while?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I went and did... um, I got a license to be a signaling engineer and, um, yeah, I was doing that for a while. Lots of nights work, lots of working away at different places all over the country, which was good. Yeah. It was very, very good. But, um, it's nice to be awake in the daytime again now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: now I'm curious, what does a signal engineer do?
1: <laughs> well, it's, um, basically, yeah, we go into all these, we walk down the track late at night in the, all kinds of weather and, um, Basically, open up all these little boxes that look like they haven't been opened up for years, and um, basically play around with the wire in there, and make sure the uh, signaling system is working properly, because there's all sorts of fail safes on the radio on the on the railway. Sorry, um, so that if anything happens to the line, it will turn all the signals to red to stop any other trains coming through there, and um, you have to make sure those fail safes are in place, and there's maintenance and all sorts of things and upgrades. So, yeah, it's been a lot of doing that and standing it in the freezing cold whilst you're waiting for someone to get back to you on the radio.
0: Well, thank you for standing in the freezing cold and working nights for a while so that we all got kept safe when we were travelling from Yorkshire, in my case, to London. Now, Emma, um, you're, you're trained as a mechanical engineer. You've got a day job. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit more about why, you know, why did you go down the engineering route? It's not that common for females, is it?
2: No, you're, you're right. It's not that common. I um, I was sort of a tomboy when I was younger, growing up. And so I was always sort of, when I was at school, I liked all the sort of woodwork shops and stuff like that. And we um, we had a, a class called Resistant Materials and I just really loved it. And then I went on to do A-levels and did product design. Did really well at that. But then when it came to everybody applying for university, um, I didn't actually know for sure what I wanted to do so I didn't want to you know go and take out a huge student loan on a degree that I wasn't sure on so I actually found um an apprenticeship in mechanical engineering and so I went on to do that which um allowed me to be employed from the age of 18 but I was still I was being paid while I was learning basically so that was great and um And then the company I was working for, they actually funded um, my degree in the end, which I did on a part-time study. So I graduated in 2019, just before COVID, thank God. (laughs) So um, yeah, I got a first class degree in mechanical engineering. And then I moved jobs and worked for um, a rail company doing rolling stock, which is the actual trains. Um, So it's weird because I I was one of two girls in my class at, university so yeah like you say it's it's not a common um route for women to go down but I don't know I've always had a sort of mathematical mind and and analytical but with design you get to be creative with it as well so yeah I think it's just something I've really enjoyed something I've always really enjoyed yeah
0: so when you say you you sort of deal with the rolling stock are you Designing these things, what is it you're doing at the day job when you say you're a design engineer?
2: Yeah, so I use computer aided design, which is basically um, you design on, on the computer using um, CAD software. But we don't make new trains, we sort of get trains to do refurbishments on or adaptations to current rolling stock. So I was actually on a project where we're fitting batteries to trains now um as part of the sort of upgrade for all the eco-friendly stuff yeah so I think we we actually did a train that went up to um COP26 in Scotland so yeah I worked on sort of the bracketry arrangements for fitting the battery and um other associated equipment for that so
0: I didn't know they were retrofitting them all with eco stuff that's brilliant yeah (laughs) so um I'm going to come back to you in a bit because, you know, you've got a day job, you're helping Todd. And I know there's something else that you do. So I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there will want to know how you're juggling that. So we'll come back to that later. But I want to I want to really for both of you, you know, dad suddenly offers you this business. Now, he, he basically let it wind down effectively, hadn't he, Todd, before you guys got involved.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. He, um, I mean, back ten years ago, he did have nine people working for him, and uh, as he's got older, obviously, he's just he's just got more casual and and he's made the company a bit smaller. And then um, by the time oh, by the end of his his career, his working career, he was um, he was just on his own in the workshop basically, and he still had a lot of the same same customers that he's had. I mean, the the three main customers that we had when we me and Emma took over. Um lately he's had those customers for like 20, 30 years. And um yeah, we're still doing work for them now. We've I mean I'll, I know them as well. I've got a personal relationship with them from when I was younger. And um yeah, yeah, he just um just just uh, wound it down a bit. So yeah, we've had to build it back up from that.
0: Okay, so you took it over, you got three customers that it's would still got that you presumably brought back into the fold and then went off and built it up. Now, I, I had the delight of going down there last week to see Todd and Emma. And uh, I have to say, I do love the smell of that, that environment. But it's a love or hate smell, isn't it? The fibreglass smell.
1: Yeah, definitely. Do you, um, everyone, delivery drivers, customers, everyone that comes in, there's either, it's like Marmite thing, people who go, oh, I couldn't work in that all day. Or they come in and go, oh, I like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that that smell, that that's. Is that the resin that creates that rather than fibreglass, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the liquids we use because, um, obviously, when we put the hardness in, there's an exothermic reaction and um, and also the, the solid cleaning solvents we use as well. So, yeah, it's very very chemistry lesson-y.
0: Yeah. Well, that was a bit of a distraction. I just loved the smell of it when I went down to their office last week. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> what is it the company does? We know it's in fibreglass. Um and it I know that you do all the manufacturing for stuff, but what kind of stuff do you manufacture? You know, somebody who doesn't really know what fiberglassing is, and a lot of people might think, oh, it's lining swimming pools or doing roofs. I know it's not just that because I've met you before. So what is it other than roofs and swimming pools?
1: Yeah. So yeah, basically it's yeah, you make it a composite material, so kind like of alternative to you know, steel or wood. And um, yeah, it's basically um, a glass fiber reinforcement mixed with a resin. And then when it sets, it sets as one piece of material. So, and we use that to make car parts. A lot of car parts is is a, is a big part of it. So like, you know, bumpers and spoilers for cars, especially sports and racing, motorsports and classic cars um, is a big part of it. Um, also plant, you know, forklift trucks and um, on-site vehicles often have, Lots of fiberglass body parts to them. They are mainly body parts, um, or, but the applications are basically um, endless. We've we've done stuff in the past for um, um we've made like an artificial chest cavity so that um, surgeons can um, play around with um doing they they inflated the kind of like um, balloon inside of it so that they could um, they could train people to do a um, lung um, sort of operation where you go through the side of the uh the uh the armpit and so we had to make a fiberglass chest cavity for that purpose there's also people that do stuff with prosthetic limbs as well there's, there's just you can use it for many many things it's just like it's a material so it's got as many applications as metal or wood really
2: yeah it's so moldable isn't it like that's that's the whole um, great thing about it you can literally mold it into any shape and once it's hard then it you know it's set and it's quite a sturdy material
0: and I do hear although it was a it was a job that y- you'd bid on but hasn't gone ahead or didn't go forward but I do hear there was one company asking if you could make fiberglass rubber ducks but obviously not in rubber
1: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> but, but yeah. these were funny these were giant great big rubber ducks I mean
2: yeah what so I think they were like do? uh 1.2 five meters high were they so if you imagine you you know your standard rubber duck and then sort of just blow it up to sort of um head height that's yeah they were asking for I think 22 of these um and they were going to be placed around um a town and um it was going to be what was it like a a trail for people to go on and um each duck was going to represent a different famous person from the town so it was Um. yeah
0: yeah. So a bit, but is it Liverpool that's got cows dotted around the place, giant cows? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, yeah. in
2: Worcester we had elephants as
0: well. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Um, so you
0: you take this company over, you keep the client base, you build it back up again. And I know in recent times you've been looking at going beyond that, what I call the subcontractor market. So you were subcontracting for other manufacturers, you've started opening up to actually do other sides to the business now. So tell us a bit more about those and why you opened those areas up.
1: Um, yeah. So yeah, basically we've we've just started to like retail our own products in the leisure industry is obviously booming at the moment in terms of camper vans and people going on holiday in this country. Um, so yeah, we've decided to make our own molds for um for some camper van parts and then sell them obviously direct. Retail, um, yeah. So we we actually got we 3D scanned the side of a van, and um, we had um, Emma did the design for a set of sleeping pods, and um, which go onto the side panel of the van, and they give you more bed space when you put the bed um, sideways in the back of the van. Um, so yeah, so you can sleep a six foot person sideways comfortably in the van. So yeah, they just give an extra bit of space, um in the back of the van. So yeah, we, we've been retailing those obviously to, to end consumers. And um, yeah, it was a lot of work that went into it.
0: So um, you've got that, the ability to actually make the van so that you can sleep sideways. I know when I came last week, one of the guys was actually making a shower cubicle for a camper van, wasn't he? I thought yes. that was hilarious. <laughs> I can't imagine a camper van with the shower cubicle in it, but hey, tapes all sorts. So what was the reason for you going down that route of instead of just growing your business with all the subcontracting for manufacturers, what was the main benefit to the business for going out and retailing yourself in an area that you hadn't worked in before?
1: Yeah, it was a bit, I think, yeah, it's a bit, we've always toyed with the idea of um, doing something like that, but I think with, with like social media and, um, and that nowadays it's it's so you've got a much more direct connection to the end consumer and um, also yeah the leisure industry is like booming so it's the right it's the right sort of industry to do that in but also we're cutting out the wholesaler the middleman there because we are a manufacturer and um, and obviously we can be very competitive with our prices then because we are a manufacturer ourselves
0: Cool. So do you create a win-win then? You're being more competitive to the retail person buying. Does that mean you're also getting a win for you guys by actually keeping more of that margin yourselves?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. They become our our highest margin on on products that we sell from those. Yeah, definitely. But the
0: great thing is the consumer is still getting a great deal because you're going direct, so it's cutting out that cost in the middle. Love it. Now, Emma, I know you help Todd out in the business every so often, but you've also got a day job as a design engineer. Yeah. And you and I first met in the property world because you're also out there with Todd looking at building a portfolio. How the heck – I mean, you must be superwoman or something. How the heck do you juggle all that lot?
2: Um. It can be difficult sometimes, but um, obviously, I, I put my um, day job, that's priority. And then after that, whenever I've got spare time, I can do all the admin stuff in the background. So, um, you know, all the finances, paying the bills, sending the invoices, because, you know, they're, they're things you just, if you keep on top of them as you're going along, it, it doesn't build up too too much. And I think that's the key. If you, you know, leave a big pile of something to do you know um next week and that pile will will grow and grow and grow so I think my advice would just be to you know keep on top of it have a a a time each day um that you just dedicate to doing the little admin things and I find yeah I I get myself in a bit of a panic when when I've left it too long so yeah just keeping on top of it doing a little bit each day and yeah just at the beginning of day also um plan out you know any important tasks that need doing and just get them done really
0: (laughs) so do you get any time out to yourselves then guys with all of this going on (laughs) 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 that laugh i can actually see that laugh i can't just hear it because i've got them on zoom at the minute (laughs) but
1: that's that that is classic todd i
0: take it that was a no
1: (laughs) (laughs) not really no no no, yeah, we've had we've had many date nights in the office doing um, brainstorming and planning sessions and stuff like that. But I mean,
0: and, and business owners, especially in the younger years of the business, that's often what you do, isn't it? You know, a lot of people they have a day job that might finish at five or six. If you own a business, especially when you're growing it, it no, there is no end of day. There is no weekend. It's whenever you can actually fit end of day in, and whenever you can fit weekend in. Um, but I'm guessing obviously there's a long-term aim and we're working for ourselves. There are some benefits. So Todd, you've gone from sweeping the the factory floor, so to speak, to being hands-on with the fiberglass. And of course, more recently looking at carbon fiber. How do you handle the fact that you are effectively the business owner and sometimes you're actually on the tools so to speak how do you make sure you get the right balance between those two
1: yeah it's definitely a balancing act I mean I've struggled recently um over the last 12 months especially um just as the workloads as things become more complicated basically to um just it's just because I've always worked hands-on it's always been hard to value the idea of Sitting at your computer and um, doing office-based work, or you know, planning and sh- project scheduling, and um, because I've just got always got this niggling voice in the back of my head that I need to be, I need to be on the tools making stuff, or else, or else it's not being, um, it's not the most productive use of my time. So then, when I am sat down doing the the admin work or the project scheduling or pricing as well um i'm just i, I, I do get it is you do feel a bit anxious because i'm like oh i need to, need to quickly do this and then, and then get back on the tools but i suppose i've had to learn to value that, that other side of it that i'm not used to i had to learn to put or i keep telling myself to put value on that because it is important and when you leave it and leave it um yeah you're making loads of products but you also need to you need to organize everything because we've got staff and stuff as well and you know although they're they're highly skilled staff and it's a good team without direction you can it's very easy to be very busy and not actually getting anything done
0: yeah and it's also the fact that you know like any business there's a flow and a process and in order to keep the whole of the wheels rolling forward If you're just on the tools all the time, then you stop, go, stop, go. Because as soon as you're off the tools, you've got to go and find more um, orders, if you like. And then when you've got the orders, you've got to make them. So there has to be an element of somebody's got to sit there keeping that machinery being fed effectively. Um, So you've now got um, you've now got staff working for you, whereas dad had run it sort of not run it down because that that sounds like he'd let it go he hadn't it was a purpose move towards retiring um but dad had sort of dropped the business down so it was just him you've come in you've now got staff working for you um how's that how's that going? I think you've got three guys haven't you now
1: that's right yeah yeah no it's been good i mean um getting the right people is definitely very important um I would say that me and Emma have sort of realized um yeah we did we, we chose to get we chose to go with older people initially because we um I didn't really have the time at, at the beginning to train anyone at, at that stage and also you know um well we we wanted the skill sets around us um which is what we've got and that, that's great I mean we we've yeah we've 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 changed uh over the over the last 18 months we have changed the uh the line up a little bit um but it's it's about it's about having people that's got values aligned with yours and uh, they're on board with the end goal and what you're trying to do and they you know they're interested basically at the end of the day um because it's fine to just you know to have someone that just turns up and wants to do the job and go home that's might be fine but maybe that's more suited to working in like a uh a more bigger sort of corporate environment or a bigger manufacturing place rather than a small team. Because obviously the impact one person has on a small team is much bigger than if you've got 200 people working for you.
0: Yeah, definitely. As a bigger And it doesn't just impact your business, it impacts everybody else working in that small team, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now I know it was a crazy little story here, but I, I found it one endearing and two hilarious. So when I went to the the manufacturing area, and it's it's not a massive manufacturing place, guys. It's like, you know, it's a small sort of what I'd call a warehouse. And I walks in and there's one guy building what looks like a very tall, almost like a coffin sort of on its end, which turned out to be a shower cubicle for a camper (laughs) van. And then next to that was a mini that somebody had literally created the wing over the wheel arch from wood and what looked like plaster of Paris what was that all about Todd because I know now because I've seen it but maybe you guys you and Emma can let everybody know what on earth was going on with this mini and it's skirts basically
2: yeah so um we've actually got a, a pattern maker so um he basically makes molds out of well patterns for molds out of pieces of wood, bits of body filler, um anything he can get his hands on really. Um and he, he he's like a magician. So yeah, he, he made these um these flares to go on the side of the um wheel arches. Um and he yeah, he just makes it I, I think he's he's been doing pattern um making for how long Todd? Like
1: Oops, about what? thirty years.
2: Yeah. So he, yeah, he's one of the most skilled um, people we have on the team. and um, because,
1: We've now got the, because we've got the ability to obviously do 3D scanning design on the computer and getting things CNC cut, which is the, the modern way of doing things. But we've also got the old school way of um, having a pattern maker actually who can do exactly that, but like with his hands and, um, and more manual tools and, um, Oh, it's, I think it's you can't just replace one with the other. You need to have both. I think to 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 have a well rounded yeah. set of skills for your team because we we had issues um, as you do with everything with the uh, with the CNC cutting and making all that work. Um, but yeah, without having that pattern maker there to correct those things or to do alterations and that. You you need to have both sets of skills, don't you?
0: Yeah. And I know, I mean, it was brilliant what he was doing. I mean, this guy literally goes dumpster diving for bits of wood. And (laughs) it's just, it's like, you know, it's like (laughs) a kid at play with wood and plaster of Paris, but what comes out of it in the end is a wonderfully molded piece of fiberglass that forms the wheel arch for, for a mini, which was great. I know when he first approached you about whether you've got any work, um, you had a few concerns because of his skill set. So what was that all about?
1: Um, yeah, basically, oh yeah, we put an advertisement out for a fiberglass laminator. And um, he just called me up out of the blue, saying he was a pattern maker. Um, I was very busy at the time, and I was having we had some issues with the mold because we just had an employee um leave under certain circumstances which i won't go into but um yeah and um but i didn't have time to work on this mold because i was doing everything else and um yeah pattern maker sort of fell into my lap and it was like he said right because he he lived in scotland at the time yeah he
2: came all the way down from scotland
1: (laughs) yeah and he just said look, there's no point me coming down for an interview i might as well come down for a two-week trial and see if you like what i do so he did um and I was literally thinking, oh yeah, this will get us out of the uh, the tough spot with this with this mold. Um, and by the end of it, I was yeah, I was me and Emma were both impressed with his work, and we were like, uh, I don't, I don't really, I don't know if we need a full time pattern maker because obviously we had to, we, we had to pay him for his, his skill sets, what he was worth, which is definitely another lesson that we've learned as well as we always pay top of the market for the best people for their wage wise. Well, yeah, we, and um, yeah, we've had to learn uh, how to sort of take advantage of that over the last twelve months, haven't we, Emma?
2: Well, it just opens up um, a lot more new projects for us because we can now say to our customers, you know, we we have an in-house pattern maker who can pretty much make anything you want. Um, give us a spec, and he can make it. So, yeah, it 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 does widen our horizons for new products and new customers, and yeah, so. Yeah, it's very, yeah. very handy to have on board.
1: Main difference from what what um, you do with the more modern design way of doing it is that you're very specific with what you need and that the requirements you need to have is specific. But mm. if you give something to Jimmy, like a customer can literally draw something on the back of a fag packet.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's and, it. I think <laughs> <And you laughs>
1: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it is brilliant guys
0: it is and you've also got somebody in your team now who spends quite a bit of their time actually doing effectively what is cold calling isn't it
1: yeah 100 percent um my dad was never a big into the sales side of it he had a really strong word of mouth um sort of um workload like getting, getting custom from word of mouth and um he was always he didn't really value the wholesale side of it as um as a good use of time, a valuable use of time. So um, but it's something that obviously we'd not got a lot of experience with. So we we've um, but it is massively valuable. Um yes yeah, so we got uh Emma's brother-in-law involved because he was between jobs at the time and he got his sales experience. Um and yeah it, it's we've spent a good couple of months working on how we were going to go about it and as like sales strategies and basically what to do because we didn't have any sales department at all. Um, and do you know what? Like three months down the line, it is really, really paying dividends now. Yeah. It, there's been a lot of work and a lot of building relationships and stuff, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's bearing fruit now, definitely. Um, and I'll, I'll put a lot of value on it and I think you do as well, don't you? Em? Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Dave, Dave's an asset to the team now.
0: And it is again, a, a business guys, it, you know, it, it it's that, if you haven't got somebody doing sales and it's their responsibility, then again, you, you're turning the tap on and off all the time in order to juggle what you've got to deliver with what you're trying to f- put that in that pipeline to get for future work. So that's brilliant. So what, what's on the horizon then, guys? I know, I know you've been looking into some new areas. You've had some new opportunities coming up. What, what's out there on the, the horizon for you?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing for us is to we're gonna we're gonna get out there and get a name of it in the leisure industry for um, developing our own products that we'll make um, more, more than just the pods. Maybe not pods for different bands and shower cubicles, like you're saying, and other, other other things that we can design and have ourselves. Um, and also, we we want to get another manufacturing contract. I think that's our main our main focus for this quarter. Is to yeah just build some relationships get another manufacturing contract so we can um, we can increase uh capacity
0: yeah and i know there is without going in, into any names because it's the very early stages but there is a potential of buying another fiberglass company is there not to expand that way as well
1: yeah this is um yeah this is an old contact someone that i've known since i was literally a child who um my old man used to do the fiberglass work for um Obviously, when my when my dad was running running things down a bit, you know, when he was when he was taking taking a back seat, ready for retirement, he, he sort of he sort of um, gave up that contract with that person because yeah, because it was too much for just him to do on his own. And um, this guy has been sort of doing it in house himself for a while, but now he's also getting to the age where my he, doing that and all the other things that he does is a bit too much for him now because he's getting older as well. So he actually called me initially when we took the business over, I got back in touch with him and asked if there was any um, potential for us to, you know, maybe get that work back. And he said he, he had it all in. He, he was, he was very, he's a very nice guy. He's, he's a lovely bloke. And, um, but he said at this moment in time, he's got it covered. Anyway, I had to call randomly out of the blue a couple of weeks back. And he said, you know, he's winding things down now. And um, maybe there's a the potential for us to, um, to take that, that that business over essentially
0: which would be really great wouldn't it so. oh yeah
1: that would be really good
0: so emma what 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 have you seen as the biggest struggles for the business because you're not in it full time you come in you're with todd all the time you're a couple but you might see from a different viewpoint what what do you think's been the biggest struggles the guys have had to face over the last year or so while they've built this business back to where it is today
2: I suppose there's a lot of um, lessons learned um, because it's the initial stage where you're trying to set up all the systems, processes. You're trying to establish, you know, what's the sort of um, way we want to work. And I think just trying to fine tune all those things has been a bit of a roller coaster ride. But you know, so we've we've had cash flow issues over um, Christmas and stuff, but that was more down to us we'd never had employees before so you know trying to balance the holiday and you know things like that it's all just um a learning curve I suppose so yeah I think the the main thing is the systems processes and um sort of future forecasting um trying to get that on on point has been a probably the biggest struggle but we're, we're getting there now with our scheduling and um upcoming projects so
0: brilliant yeah. and Todd it is there looking back over the last year um or so when you took over from dad is there anything that looking back you would now do differently
1: I think we tried to initially branch out into too many areas at the same time we started doing carbon fiber we started looking for manufacturing contracts we started to we started to do like lots of different projects in lots of different areas, and um, and you know expand their workshop. We built a clean room. I, I think it's oh, they always say keep it simple, keep it focused, and they and um, I think yeah maybe just being focused on what we do best, like increasing their fiberglass parts production, and keeping those high quality parts that my dad's always drilled into me. That is is ethos has always been, you know, produce a high quality product. You don't want to be mass producer stuff and throwing it out the door because you're in, there's, there's a lot of competition there more and you, you're earning less money there's and you're producing you're producing lots of like lower quality items and it's you will you, always get work and reoccurring work if you if you focus on making lower quantity but but high quality products which is what we do best. And yeah I think just if I was going to do something different at the start I would just focused more on 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 increasing that rather than doing loads of things at the same time
0: yeah and i know that's part of the reason i was with you last week we We're sitting down planning out q2 mm. and actually doing just that deciding what fewer things to focus on rather than trying to do everything at once and that is a brilliant nugget for anybody else out there whether you're starting a business or you're taking one over you can do anything but you can't do everything guys yeah. <laughs> as my as my mentor often reminds me. Um, so that's brilliant. And there's loads of stuff, you know. This is starting to go in the right direction now, and more importantly, you guys can see what's on the horizon for a big way. So that is brilliant. Now, before I get you to tell us um how to get in touch with you and how you know how to get in touch with TPS fiberglass, I'm gonna ask you a few quick fire questions. So my first one is to you, Todd. Football or rugby and why?
1: <laughs> well, I've never been big on sports, but I've always liked to, um, probably if it's on the telly I'd rather watch rugby probably. If we could just people just seem more humble, don't they? <laughs> I think that's my my only reason beyond for that.
0: I think I think you've got a point there, you know, it there is a bit more, I don't know, humbleness about rugby, even though it's a quite it's quite a sort of um feisty sport, but there you go. Emma sports or spa and why
2: oh um, well I've never been to a spa but I would like to go to a spa but no I've always been quite sporty sports
0: cool maybe one day it might I can't imagine you sitting still long enough in a spa (laughs) to be honest Um, and this next one um, well the rest of them are to both of you really but let's see what you do whether you come up with the same answer or different (laughs) holidays snow or sun, Ooh, snow,
2: sun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's quite interesting in your household. Then when you're planning the annual vacation,
2: isn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, always get always get too hot too easily. So that's a more man one.
2: Well, we we've been to Iceland, haven't we? But we've also been to Grand Canaria. So I reckon <laughs> the solution,
0: guys, this is what you've got to aim for, Todd. Is um, if you go. Colorado, I believe, in America, you can okay. actually ski in the morning and sunbathe in the afternoon. <laughs> not many places in the world you can do that, but there you go, that could be op- the option. Now, what's the most extravagant purchase for each of you that you've ever made, apart from obviously a, a home that you've bought to live in?
1: Me and and neither of us are very – I mean, we're a lot this when we first met each other as well. We, we, we're individually not very – we're not very – splashy with stuff like that you know we 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 live below our means really and um yeah um more, more probably guitar stuff yeah definitely that yeah i've spent some money on guitar equipment over the years yeah um, what about just, you emma
2: i'm just trying to think i'm um i suppose my car which is only a fiat 500 so that's not um mega money um and that
0: that literally is a brilliant answer, guys, because this is a couple that are so focused, but at the end of the day, have that humbleness that, as Todd says, they live below their means. And that's not a bad way to actually start building wealth, to be honest. There's a there's a day to splash the cash. Yeah. Um, so what one thing would you do right now or what one thing would you suggest is done right now to make a difference in the world?
1: good if it, just people learn about communication more. I mean, communicating about understanding, trying to put yourself in somebody else's shoes more. Like, I mean, I don't know if they should teach that more um, at a base level. I guess because like most people, like conflict and arguments comes from just people not I'm under- just trying to understand the other person's perspective more. I guess I think that's really important because. It's, it's an easy way to sort of get yourself out of a really apoplectically angry mindset when you just try and understand some people from another person's perspective. I guess that's probably yeah. it.
0: Nice one. I, had a, I One of my guests a couple of weeks ago was Sam Perry from So Social Media. His was, um, make sure that women rule everything, not men.
2: <laughs> Which, <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, Emma, yeah. what about you? I think definitely, like, I think the education system is a bit broken. Like, I didn't know anything about finances or money or anything to do with that. I think if if people knew about it from a younger age, maybe, you know, people wouldn't be in so much debt and things. Yeah, actually, not a bad one. I was listening to the,
0: I, I think it was the local news last night, and there was a piece around the rising cost of inflation and the cost of utility and stuff going up. And um, the local news were sort of just interviewing passers buying leads. And they were basically asking people, you know, what what do you think about all the rising costs of of you know, energy right now one moment. Yeah, she said, we're now getting everybody to switch the lights off. We've never had to do that in our lives before.
2: Uh, Yeah, I think I heard, yeah, I saw that one, yeah.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, what I found so amazing about that is the fact that we have a generation, because, you know, I've lived in an era where we used to get power cuts because there wasn't enough coal to fuel the power cuts, but there is a a generation now that have never really had to think about turning lights off and conserving energy, because if you think about it, this current, this current inflation, it's going back to the seventies since it was this bad, apparently. um So yeah, that, that reminded me last night, there's a bunch of people out there that have never had to think about conserving energy. And I find that. Wow.
1: I just find it- that. Wow. My dad grew up in that generation and he's, when I was younger, it was always, it's like Blackpool illuminations in here, turn the lights off all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny. My mum used to shout, because if you left the doors open between the rooms, it obviously they were trying to keep the cold from one room to another. She'd go, were you born in a field? Shut the door. And I used to go, yeah, I was born <laughs> in a field. Mum, Sheffield. Which you always say, but there you go. That was one from my mum. So the final one for, for both of you, same question to both of you. Um, our podcast is called Sweat, Grit and Hustle. So what resonates with you the most and why? Sweat, grit or hustle?
1: Grit.
2: I was yeah. going to say grit. Yeah, I think so. I
1: think you've just got to hang in there, man, and just keep keep chomping at the bit, keep grinding at the wheel. and um, Never yeah. give up. Yeah, don't give up there's a lot of times I think we've both wanted to yeah I thought it might be better too but you've got to you don't grow in your comfort zone do you you need to just keep chomping at the bit man and um, eventually good things will happen if you keep putting hard work in yeah so great, definitely
0: and you're definitely starting to see signs on the horizons now of future things to come so that's great so before I say goodbye to all our listeners and before we all say goodbye to them Tell us how people can get in touch with you, how they get to the company's site, etc.
2: Um Yeah, so we've got a website which is tpsfiberglass at, um, oh no, sorry, that's the email. <laughs> tpsfiberglass at gmail.com. Um, and then, yeah, if you just search at Google for TPS Fibreglass, it should be the first one that comes up. Um, and then we do have an Instagram page and a Facebook page which is tps fiberglass as well
0: so cool well what i will do is i will get you guys to send me your links to your instagram facebook and website and we will make sure they are in the show notes for you um so yeah if you want something custom manufactured maybe a set of skirts for your car Mm -hmm. or a shower for your van whatever it may be you now know who can do it for you Uh, there's Mm -hmm. all sorts they do guys from panels um as Todd said, to um, plant machinery and cars. You can even, if you like, have your own fiberglass box made for your bike. So there you go. There's loads of stuff they can do. Guys, it has been a pleasure. And thank you very much, Todd, because I know that you are down with the dreadful sea bug right now. So thank you for still doing the podcast. Um, It's been a pleasure having you both, Emma Bayliss and Todd Smith, guys. Are taking over and have now taken over TPS fiberglass. We will see you next week. To keep up with what we're doing and what's coming on Sweat, Grit and Hustle, do visit us at www.sweatgrithustle.com.